Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, May 10th. Uh, it's, it's 2019 still, right? Uh, today we are reading from the big book, and we are currently on page 25. We're specifically at the asterisk on 25 that directs us to page 567, Appendix 2. And we're going to, Craig's going to be reading the entire spiritual experience on page 567. And we're going to comment on the whole thing. Today's readers, we have Tenzin P on the 12 steps, Marge E on the 12 traditions, and the readers of the text. Again, Craig F., Lauren N., and Andrea B. The share ID for yesterday, Thursday, May 9th, 2019, for the 7 a.m. meeting, it was 12,884. 12884. And for the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, 12,886. That's 12886. And we have Reva P as our newcomer greeter, and Lisa is the host for the second hour. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose and that is to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive reading can indeed recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So let me now ask Tenzin P. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Tenzin. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, Tenzin P. checking in from New York City. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day. Thank you so much, Tenzin. Okay, now um, if I would ask uh, Mar- Marge E. if you'd be kind enough to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Marge. Good morning, Larry. Marge E. from Massachusetts, the 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Eight, nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, Larry, for your service, and I pass. Thanks for yours, Marge. Much appreciated. Okay, here's how our meeting works. At least this is how it's supposed to work. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing and that you keep your your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, for readers is six months, and there is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. And of course, we're sharing uh, what the directions in the big book mean to, to each of us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, uh, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And today we're gonna resume our study of the big book and page 25, the asterisk there leads us to appendix two on page 567. So Craig F is gonna read 
um, from page 567 in, in its entirety, and we're going to comment on the whole deal. So good morning, Craig F. Good morning, Larry. Um, this is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And here we go. Appendix 2, the spiritual experience. The terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which, upon careful reading, shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was, it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the differences long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource, which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. And now we have a quote that says, there is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is a proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. Okay, boy, there's an awful lot there. Um, uh, a lot of reading. Um, I uh, uh, know that in, early on I, I um, had read enough to think that uh, I knew I needed a spiritual experience, and I really thought it was going to be a white light, lightning going to strike. Um, you know, I was going to be praying, and God was going to change me. And 
and and I, I wanted God to change me because I didn't I didn't like me, you know I didn't like who I was, uh, I didn't like the fact that I couldn't control my eating, I didn't like the fact that I that that I reacted the way I did to life so much, and and I wanted God to just make me a new person, and 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 what I what I didn't realize was that uh, that I needed to do the work, you know that that we say we're powerless over food, you know we want God to to uh, be in charge of our food, and somehow or other, I you know I got the idea that yeah, it was just up to God to change me all the way around. But if I would have been paying a little closer attention to that twelfth step, I, I would have read those words a little different, and I'd have read. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, the result. In other words, I had to do the steps. I had to do the work uh, if I expected to have this, this spiritual awakening. And it would happen somewhere along the line in that spiritual, in that, in, in working those steps. And it would grow through working those steps. It didn't necessarily have to be one big experience. It could be uh, an accumulation, but that. But I had to do. I had to put in the work, and and you know the the steps. I I, I see I see it this way. Um, you know the thing that got between me and God were, were my resentments, my fears, and my guilt. You know I was I felt bad about things I'd done. I, I uh, was resentful of the way others had treated me, and I was afraid of. Of, of the future and uh, afraid of things are going to happen, which means that with resentments and guilt, I'm living in the past. With fears, I'm living in the future. And if I'm living in the past or the future, I'm not conscious in today's reality. And if I'm not conscious in today's reality, uh, I'm, I'm not able to have that connection with God. And, and so the steps, this is ego-shattering process of the steps taught me, teaches me, among other things, how to live in today, to live in the moment where, where God can reach me, where, where I can be attuned, where I can pray that prayer that's suggested uh, in, in various forms over here in steps 10 and 11. But, I, you know, I can get up in the morning and say, uh, guide my thoughts and actions, please, today and show me how I can be a service to you and others. You know, I used to get up and pray every morning, keep me abstinent, Lord, keep me out of the food, you know, keep me sober today, keep me, uh, you know, from uh, hurting somebody with my mouth. And and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, except that uh, it, it's in, in a way it was self-centered. And, and, and in a way... It, it was, you know, about what what I wanted from God, and and but when I can get up and pray that prayer the other way that says, uh, guide my thoughts and actions, and show me how I can be of service to you and others today. When I pray that prayer that that I get beyond my own self needs, then I have an opportunity to have that relationship with God. And I, I just want to point out one other thing, and that is. That I, I just realized this when when we were going through 
Bill's story here this last month, and that is that uh, uh, Bill's spiritual experience was may have been he may have had a white light experience in the hospital a third time. But if you go back and read from right before he goes into the hospital the first time through, you, you begin to see a change, in, a shift in his consciousness that happened over a period of months there that he began to allow for certain things. He, he, his his um, prejudices about God started to fall away. He began to, to allow for the idea that uh, there was... Uh, that God was in his life and 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 could be called upon. In other words, he uh, uh, was living this quote out, you know, that, that he was giving up this uh, bar against that will keep men and man in everlasting ignorance. He, the principle of contempt prior to investigation. He let that contempt go and. So with that, I'll pass, and I'm anxious to hear what everybody has to share this morning. Thanks. Thanks, Craig. Okay, if you just joined us, we Craig read the entire the t- entire deal on page 567 on the spiritual uh, awakening. Um, so if you uh, didn't share in the first hour yesterday or so, and you'd like to share, please give me your your name, and we'll we'll transition. Harlan G. Lauren. 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 Anita L. Nancy P. Nancy. You got Harlan, Anita Lauren, L. Anita, Nancy. Maura I got Anita and Maura. Melissa C. And Melissa. Let's stop there. Here's who I have. I have Anthony Rizzo leading off. I have <laughs> Lauren, Anita. Nancy, Maura, and Melissa. Good morning, Harlan. Get us started. Good morning, Larry. Thank you very much. I am Harlan G., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. We hear this uh, a lot in OA, and we hear it in, in, in program that the first 164 pages of the book were never changed. We're going to find out this morning that that's not true. The big book was published in April. April 10th, 1939 was the printing date of the first printing of the first edition of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And the big book was written in the, in, by people. Well, the big book was really written by God. Let's get serious. But the big book was penned, scribed by Bill Wilson primarily. The chapter two employers was primarily scribed by Hank Parkhurst. And the input on the big book was given by people who had sudden and profound uh, spiritual experiences. And they had profound spiritual experiences, so this was the posture that they wrote from. And people were writing in to the AA office in New York City during 1939-1940 and then the second printing 1941 there were two things that happened. In the second printing, this appendix, Appendix 2, came about 
to explain that you did not have to have a sudden and profound spiritual experience to recover, that you could have what William James called the educational variety, which is what I had. My spiritual awakening was of the slow variety, the educational variety. And the other change that was made in the book during or in the in the first 164 pages happened on page 60 and it says in the 12th step having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps in the original text of the first edition first printing it says having had a spiritual experience and the other thing that was changed the other thing that happened was Dr. Silkworth's opinion in the first edition was moved to the Roman numeral section and Bill's story, excuse me, not Bob's, Bill's story was moved to page one. It was thought that the book should be written for alcoholics, by alcoholics, and Silkworth was not an alcoholic, so his opinion was moved to the Roman numeral section. So these are changes that were made that you don't hear a lot about. Also, what you have here is, for me personally, not from a historical standpoint, is when I heard about the changes that needed to be made for recovery as God is my judge, for the first couple of years, I believed that God needed to change everyone else in my environment, and by changing everyone and everything else in my environment, I would stop eating. That's how crazy I was. When I realized that the change had to come from me, I was a little aggravated, but when I realized it was going to take work, I was very aggravated because work was something I did not want to do. So, and this is also on the second page here on 568, where your how program gets its name, Fred Schneider. Uh, willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness, he just rearranged those letters, and that's where your how program came in to uh, be as well many years later. Not at that time. The how program came in during the, uh, during the 70s. Anyway, that's enough history for today. With that, I will pass. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Harlan. Okay, we have Lauren followed by Anita. Lauren, good morning. Good morning. This is Lauren N., um, compulsive overeater, sugar addict from New York. And boy, is this an incredible um, two pages that I never read because, first of all, it was an appendix. So who the, re who the hell read appendixes? Um, thank you. All for um, thank you Harlan for the history and thank you Craig for the wonderful reading and the wonderful share. Um, I was one of those people that said um, um, the principle is contempt prior to investigation. I had such contempt for this program. I heard the G word when I walked into the rooms many, many, many years ago uh, when I was in my early 20s, when I was in my mid-20s, when I was in my 30s, when I was in my 40s, and when I was in my 50s and ran out of the room each time until I came back into the rooms in my late 50s and realized that God is actually there. I hear God every day from my God, from my fellows, 
people, my gods with skin from my belief today that I'm willing to even consider that there might be something greater than myself out there. As someone prior recently said or just said, I thought that my life would just be better if everybody did what I thought they should do. And what a difference life is today that I don't care what they do. Not that I don't care. Sometimes I do. But that I, it doesn't matter what they do. It's more about my surrendering to this power that is greater than me and my knowing that he has my back. He, she, it has my back. Things are happening in my life that I never, ever would have expected to happen for me. And it's only because of all this work that I've done and that you all have led me to do. I'm living within my reality today instead of the fantasy that I used to live in. Willingness, willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery. But these are indispensable. Thank you all, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Lauren. Okay, we have Anita followed by Nancy. Anita, it's your turn. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from uh, Recovered outside of Philadelphia. And I wanted to share on this because uh, I am one of the people who have had both types of experiences. Um, I came in to OA uh, in 1978 and... um, When I came in, I just wanted to lose some weight. You know, I was busting out of my clothes again. And um, for whatever reason, I I thought it was just another diet club. You know, I was 23. I didn't know what I was doing. And um, I didn't didn't know about 12-step programs even. And whenever God was talked about, I just kind of closed my ears. I really didn't want to hear that. That's not why I came in. I just wanted to lose weight. And um, I believe it was four months later. I could be wrong because it was so many years ago. I was feeling a lot of fear about something. And I didn't know what to do. And I was driving down the road. And all of a sudden, the thought popped into my head. In OA, they say, let go and let God. And right then, I knew and wanted God. And uh, I did pray. Um, and I, I just had such a beautiful experience right then. I surrendered my will and my life and my fears 
over to my higher power, who at that time I called God, and in my mind, it was my religious God because I didn't know any better. And um, and then after that, I have come to grow and develop a different relationship with a higher power. And um, my my understanding of what my higher power means to me has been so different since that very first spiritual experience. And since then, I've had many spiritual awakenings. Uh, my journey in OA has not been a, a smooth one. I have relapsed. And my higher power never has left me. And that's the beauty, that I know that my higher power loves me and more importantly, forgives me, you know, for taking that first bite again and wants me to have a beautiful life and has carried me through many, many experiences. And some have been very, very difficult. And I knew that my higher power was there with me. And I have felt that peace and calm amidst the storm. And that's what true serenity is, feeling that peace and um, I say that my my uh, experience with my higher power has, has developed over the years. And what I mean by that is I used to say he, then I used to say she, then I used to say she, he. And now my I feel like my higher power is a beautiful energy, a loving energy within me. And I just say my higher power and I and I feel that my higher power is the sunlight of my spirit and soul. And that's what works for me. So any um one who's out there who doesn't believe, just know that it, it, your experience can change throughout time and it is loving and wonderful and without my higher power I would be nothing. I've seen many miracles, and I know the best is yet to come. So with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anita. Okay, we have Nancy with Mora Mora on deck. Hey, Nancy, good morning. Hi, Larry. Thanks for letting me share. Yeah, I um, to echo what others have said, um, it's a good thing that it didn't have to be a white light experience, or else I would have been SOL. Um, I've been in this program also for decades and, you know, occasionally I would have a period of time where my body would be an acceptable size where I could buy clothes off the rack and, you know, I'd go to a lot of meetings and I wouldn't hear anything that was, you know, other than, you know, buy the broccoli and, um, you know, I would look around like I was looking for a cab for a spiritual experience. I'd be like, okay, you know, where's the cab, you know, where's the spiritual experience? And then, um, you know, when I finally was beaten into a state of reasonableness, you know, I proceeded to begin the steps and, um, you know, I quantified what my life had been like. And my life, you know, previous to going, you know, having had a spiritual awakening is was that I'd wake up before I even opened my eyes. I'd think either I'm going to I'm going to eat today. I'm definitely not going to eat today. I wonder if I'm going to eat today or I hope I don't eat today. And usually like 99% of the time I'd be eating. And, and, you know, I couldn't imagine 
literally losing my obsession, my, you know, losing that, like having that noise in my head stop. I just couldn't even fathom it. And, um, you know, I confessed this to my, to my sponsor, like, I don't think this is going to work for me. And she said, why not? And I said, because I'm not sure I believe in, in God. And she goes, oh, well, you haven't had a spiritual awakening yet, so don't worry about it. And, you know, I proceeded like, okay, she's the crazy one. But, um, you know, as it happened, I shut my mouth, I opened my ears, I did the work, and little by slow, it came to me. And, you know, I love I loved that poem by Tennyson about the fog that comes in on little cat feet and waits on his haunches. Um, that's sort of how it came, it sort of came up and overtook me gently. And um, it, by the time I was at the end of this, you know, I said, wow, I can't believe it. And we said it together. It works. It really does. You know, spontaneously we said it. And so today I know that I don't have an experience. I had an awakening and I gain experience day by day, it, like a job. You know, I, I have a job or I had a job that a kid right out of college couldn't do. They needed experience. And, you know, I awaken more every day. You know, I open my eyes and I get out of bed, spiritually speaking, the metaphors, and I get out of bed, you know, I brush my teeth, I take a shower. You know, that's all gaining spiritual experience. And today I feel the nearness of my creator, especially, especially when I work with other people. Because, you know, again, another thing that I learned from my sponsor, thank you, Larry, I'll wrap up, is... Um, the best way to get this stuff is to teach this stuff. And that's been my experience. Saying this stuff makes me become this stuff. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. <laughs> Thanks so much, Nancy. You heard that cough, huh? Oh, gosh. Okay, Maura, how are you? Larry, I'm fine. Maura Z, recovered in Virginia. Good morning, my dear. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. Oh my gosh, years of my attempting self-discipline is more the case. It was, oh my gosh, I can't even explain it. There was no discipline. And, and it was on, on almost all fronts of my life. Uh, except for the fact that I knew I had to get up at a certain time and I knew I had to brush my teeth. I knew I had to get in the shower. I knew I had to report to work on time. I knew I had to walk the dog because otherwise she was going to mess in the house. Those were some of the disciplines that worked in my life. Um, I knew how to, you know, go through school and, and, and get good grades as an adult, not the first time around. Those were some of the disciplines I had acquired. But when it came to the food, I had discipline to follow a diet for about a nanosecond, um, but that was about it. There was no discipline around food. There was no discipline. There was no spirituality in my life. I wanted to believe in God. I went to the meetings. I saw how God worked in other lives, and I knew that he existed because he was working in other lives. Well, why would he give a rat's patootie about me and my freaking food and how fat I was? And I was worthless. I had done some horrific things in my life. I'd lied. I'd stole. You know, I'd cheated. I'd, I'd done horrific things. Why would he care about me? He's not going to care about me. And that's what I believed for many years in the program, for many years. Because it wasn't until I came to this particular meeting where I heard, first of all, that I've got an allergy to the body and obsession of the mind, and second of all, 
that the way to get through those is through the steps. Hello, have a clue. And by the way, the steps, that's what's going to take you to God. That's how you're going to get there, Maura. So do the work. And so finally, having been um, a witness to people on this line, having heard a voice that I knew from my past and loved and trusted, I said, okay, I'm going to throw everything out the window. I'm going to listen to what this lady has to tell me. I'm going to do what she says. And then the other thing that became abundantly clear to me as working through the steps is the, the, ne- the, last, the next sentence is, have tapped an unsuspected inner resource which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. An inner resource. Well, my, my, one of my two most favorite lines in this book is on page 55, and it talks about that inner resource. Actually, we were fooling ourselves, for deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. It may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things, but in some form or other, it is there. Deep down within me is my idea of God. And I am grateful for it. And I'm grateful for this meeting. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much for your service, Larry. Thanks, Maura. Melissa, it's your turn. Good morning. Hi, good morning, Larry. Thank you so much for your service this morning. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I'm Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, you know, the word that really jumps out at me and did when I first was introduced to this um, appendix is educational. You know, that's my... That's my career, that's my occupation, and that word, um, it's like there's words in this text that tell me that God, God was nudging me, like, listen, this is your language, you know, and those were one of the words, because um, I thought, okay, give me this God thing, strike me God conscience, and then I'll put the food down, like, isn't that how it's supposed to happen? I'm supposed to come in. And and pray, because I heard that, you know, pray for the willingness. So I thought, okay, I'll pray for the willingness and I'll, and I'll keep eating, you know, Twinkies. And, um, you know, but that's not, that's not how it happened. It's actually educational means, you know, when I think about what does that mean in terms of students, it means learning. It means growing. It means doing things you know, in scaffolded instruction, you know, in steps, gee, in steps, you know, like I think about my students, I I teach them the letters first, then the sounds, then, you know, how they go together, um, you know, and then we can comprehend and then we can apply it and do new things. And, and that's how this program has worked for me. I needed to learn it in steps and in, in chunks. And, you know, as I worked the steps, I had a personality change, and I loved, I thought that it was very, like, like mysterious, magical, this God, I was going to be striked God, and I love, this says, it's a personality change, you become something different, and, you know, and then I think in terms of, like, my, my students, they become readers, writers, mathematicians, um, before they even know it. And that's how this program works for me. I no longer think the way that I thought. I no longer do the things that I did. Um, and that's all God was. That's all God is. 
And the only thing that can fail is if I think I know more than I know and if I'm unwilling to listen. And that's what can keep me in the dark. Thanks so much, Melissa. It, it, you were fading out there towards the end there, but I think I got we got the gist of it. Appreciate that. Okay, we're on page 567, appendix two. On your marks. Who'd like in on this? Stacy. Terry. Terry. Jen A. Jen A. I got Terry. I got Terry C. Got Terry C. Devorah, let's let's hold it there. Who's here's who I have, and I I do apologize. Who I missed. Yeah, let's let's go. Let's stick with these these five, okay, and then see where we're at. I've got Stacy, Terry, Jen A, Devorah, and I missed one other person there. Did I hear Jason? Jason, did I hear you? Tenzin. Oh, Tenzin, Tenzin, Tenzin. Okay, so here's who I have. I have Stacy, Terry, Tenzin, Jen A, Devorah. And then we'll see where we're at there. Stacy, you're up. Good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thanks for your service. Well, every time that uh, I read this, uh, I continue to get more. And that's a good thing. That's part of the spiritual awakening for me. And um, to some of the good news before some of the not-so-good news is when I was a little kid, I would lay on the grass looking up at the sky and ask why. How did the clouds move? Or the ant that was crawling up my leg. How does that happen? Feeling the grass between my toes. Um, And that went on through most of my life in spite of all of the um, people, places, and things that I used to try to numb life experiences, I stayed in the question of why. Even why was this happening to me? Um, And then turning my back on uh, a religious God, but staying open to the spiritual question of um, why, how, help. And in the help, I did find, um, please tell me also, the disciplines. I did find from the esoteric to religious teachings of my uh, youth, and that all helped with both white light experiences as well as spiritual experiences. What I did not ever know until I got on this line was that I had an allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind, and that I have been told that as long as I'm capable of honestly facing my problems, in light of my experience, I can recover. And that I had that hit me uh, like a two-by-four. How could that be? Um, I thought I was honest, and I was to the best of my ability, and the veil continues to be lifted more and more. So my wish and my prayer is so long as I have the gratitude of opening my eyes and thanking God for this day and all the other things that um, I'm provided with, um, I pray to be open. I pray to be honest. More than anything, I pray to be honest, and I am um, more and more facing myself, facing others, getting real as, as it becomes real to me so that I don't have to live in an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial that uh, 
was present when I was willfully using food um, and everything else in my path to create the F5 tornado to keep me separated from knowing um, the sunlight of the spirit inside of me first instead of having it be generated outside in. The lesson in my life is inside out and it can then be beamed back to me outside in. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Stacy. Okay, we have Terry followed by Tenzin. Good morning, Terry. Oh, okay. Is that you, Terry? Oh, Terry, we can't hear you. No, Terry? Hello, hello? Hello, hello, hello. hello. Hi. Is that you, Terry? Hi. That, yeah, I think it was Surrey C. Which I oh, Surrey, okay. Okay. That'll work, too. Hi. Thank you. Um, well, thank you for letting me share. Um, so I actually just came from a conference yesterday on anxiety in um, for educators and how to deal with it. And um, I, I, you know, I was already looking at an answer because, I mean, one of the first things is let go and let God. And we live in an era of anxiety and an era of everyone you know, looking and seeking to control everything down to we want to know what the weather is going to be like in five minutes from now. Um, and we think that if we click on that, that'll tell us. And, oh, God, um, in terms of the spiritual experience, um, you know, that's, I, I had it beforehand, but in terms of letting go and letting God. I remember somebody at the line saying, you know, that the 20th century is going to be remembered for two things, you know, the internet and OA and NAA, um, because, because that's the answer. When we have everything in abundance, when we have the light bulb that gives us an opportunity to stay up and do work till all hours, and when we think that we can control the weather and we can control everything, it's all about our sense of control. But in a way, I'm learning I have no control. And when it comes to food, I'm powerless. I, it's interesting because when he was talking about anxiety, he said, we live in an era where teenagers and older adolescents and college-age students, 20%, one, two out of 10, are doing self-harm, right, where they're actually hurting and harming themselves. And, and he said, and the good girl drug is food. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> uh, well, at least I'm in a program where I'm trying to work on that. I'm trying to help myself with that. Um, the spiritual experience is, is how I latch onto it because I have to let go and I have to let God. And I couldn't do it any other way because I know that there is a loving power, a loving force that is going to forgive me for my mistakes Forgive me for not letting go five minutes ago and, you know, not letting go of the control that I thought that I had um, and, and continue to hold my hand and to support me and say, here, as soon as you let go, I'm, I'm here. I'll, you know, just be a part of this fellowship. Just be a part of this group. Just take these steps and I'm here with you. So, um, uh, you know, this group is amazing, vision is amazing, and so I just want to say thank you. I am grateful beyond, and with that I pass. Thank you so much, Suri. 
Okay, we have Tenzin followed by Jen. Hey, Tenzin, good morning. Hi, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Well, I so appreciate all the shares this morning and this reading um, about spiritual experience, uh, spiritual awakening. But I, I wanted to focus on a couple of other aspects of the reading in, that struck me in particular. And one is that there was an asterisk and we went to read what was in the asterisk. And to me, one of the things that, you know, my sponsor just said over and over from the beginning is um, focusing on, there's a kind of thoroughness. It's not perfectionistic or, or compulsive, but it's, but there's a thoroughness to how I learned to do my program. And that's fantastic modeling. And then, um, and I was thinking about about the change, the shift that happened. You know that there was this writing about spiritual ex, um, spiritual awakening as opposed to spiritual expe- sudden spiritual experience. And that I know for me, it's part of my addictive personality to look for what's most exciting and the biggest, and you know, kind of also the pink cloud aspect that can be at the beginning of my recovery. But I learn in my recovery to, you know, to to be more balanced and to and to be more spacious. And that that there was this addition about spiritual awakening, not only spiritual experience, is part of why I'm here in this program because there's a spaciousness. Also, it's not just about, you know, it's about. It's about all of us that have all different aspects of eating disorders, and this applies to all of us and this and our spirituality. There's room for all of us. So, to me, that's uh, what I wanted to appreciate so much. And thank you to everyone. Thank you, Tenzin. Oh, thanks so much, Tenzin. Okay, we have uh, Jen followed by Devorah. Jennifer, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you for your service. This is Jen A. Recovered in Colorado. So um, 569, is, it's kind of a ways out of the way in the big book. Um, so I didn't go back there. I'm just going to be honest. I like what the last gal shared. Um, you definitely have to follow the asterisks. Don't skip anything. <laughs> it's written in order for a reason because I missed it. And um, I wasn't on the lines of a vision for you, and I didn't hear about the spiritual experience, even though, you know, in some of these chapters and paragraph after paragraph, it's written like a thousand times in a thousand different ways. Um, it didn't drive home to me until it drove home, right? And um, what I know for me is that the spiritual experience is all about the change. In fact, it says change five times on this page on 569. Hmm. So what was that change in me? Um, you know, it was the radical transformation in what? In my human nature, right? I shifted from this unmanageable, unmanageable girl to a manageable girl. Wow, right? My self-centeredness now becomes other-centeredness. Um, and, and this is what I know today to be spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection. I'm never going to arrive at being perfect um, you know, that was a big Debbie Downer for me. But as, as this spiritual experience started to unfold, um, a little bit of being a little bit better was better than nothing at all. And today, all the little, little bits are amazing. It's like one big wow factor today. Um, 
And the question is, I, you know, I always say to sponsees, who do you think did this work in me? Who do you think did the handiwork and the transformation in this girl? It wasn't me. Um, it says right here, years of self-discipline. I've tried everything. I've read every self-help book. I've been to every counselor. Um, but, you know, it's the waving of the white flag. And I love how we're given a promise on the bottom of page 569, a profound alteration in my reaction to life. That's what's going to happen to me, right? I'm going to not react anymore. Perhaps I'm going to respond. And today I can actually say, I'm not even going to respond. I'm just going to live in acceptance of it is what it is. And thank you, God. So um, when I surrendered and gave up, right, I tapped out and I tapped into God. That's so beautiful. And today, um, you know, I love that life is in session, that God's my teacher, and there's no better spiritual advisor than God. And so I'll stick with that. Thanks. Thanks, Jen. Hey, Deborah, you get to wrap us up. Save the best for last. Good morning. Thank you, Larry. And thank you, everyone on the line that makes this possible. My name is Deborah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And you know, when they told me I had to have a spiritual experience, you know, I had to become spiritual. And, and I, I said, well, that's going to be easy. After all, you know, I'm, I'm, I believe in God. And I went, to, I went to religious school my whole life. So, you know, what's the big deal? It should be okay. I'll be able to do it. And honestly, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. I think it's harder than putting down the food for me. You know, I came into the program. They told me to, you know, eliminate certain substances that caused me to crave. So I did it. And, but, you know, and I, I moved on and I'm able to do it. And then, but developing this relationship with a higher power and changing, you know, which I thought that I didn't even have to change. The only thing I needed to change was my, my eating habits, you know, and the food, you know, that would be enough for me. But I see that the longer I'm here in program, it's, this is, this is my, this is my job here. This is what I'm meant to do here, um, and um, and it's an everyday um, it's an everyday responsibility, and it doesn't come easy. And you know, and I work at it each day. You know, this relationship that I have with my higher power. But all I can tell you is that it works. You know, each time that I lean into God and get out of myself, and to look to see what God wants for me. You know, there there's a lot of I see things that happen to me that it wouldn't have happened if I was, I was just living in, in, in my little world of Devola S. So, you know, I'm so grateful um, that I'm here today and that I, I want to do this, um, you know, and, um, and, and it does. I love what was said that, you know, the spiritual experience starts with me changing. And, um, and I see, you know, the more I'm working on this, I see the more work that I have to do. I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna be perfect. I'm never gonna be God, but, um, but you know, I'm learning, you know, what is about myself that I need to change, and it all starts with me, myself, and I. Hey, Devorah, you faded out on us there, <laughs> so I'm. I'm so sorry, um, but but in any case, we appreciate your share. Okay, so I'd like to thank everyone for um, who has shared today. What a, what a great meeting! Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Let me give you the share ID for today, which is uh, Friday, May 10th. That share ID is twelve thousand eight hundred and eighty-eight. 
12888. And so now we are going to close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Hey, Lauren, are you there? Will you read for us? Yes, I am, Larry. (laughs) Good morning. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you can, of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.